right, everybody. Welcome to the Pastimes Podcast. Uh, each week we go through an old newspaper from a random date in history picked out by Dave Anthony. I'm Gareth Reynolds, and I've never seen it before, and neither is our guest this week. Corey Ryan Forrester, thank you for joining us, Corey. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the show uh, and Killing Time by reading old news, so it's, it's perfect for me. I'm honored to be this here. This is going to be your sweet spot. And um, I've people, I would say people should look you up just because, many reasons, and we'll get to some of the things you want to promote, but there's so many videos you make where you're just talking into your phone about uh, the bullshit of today that just go yeah. really viral. Like, you've really done pretty well with that shit, so yeah, that's pretty it's, great. It's kind of crazy because, like, I've been doing stand-up for, like, going on 20 years. and uh, 17 I would, years, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I like when I first started doing stand-up, all I wanted to do was jokes on stage. And when, like, YouTube and stuff became a thing, like, I was raised by, like, the 70s and 80s guys. So I was like, nah, old school. Just go to the club and whatever. And then the pandemic happened, and I was like, well, I guess I got to make videos now because I can't, you know, go on stage and just it turned. I was like, oh, wow, that works. You know, neat. So, so it's still, pretty crazy. We still haven't... We still haven't cracked that part, but it sounds like it's going great. So that's good for you. I don't know what um, it is. <laughs> we haven't I tried it. I, yeah, I, I mean, Dave won't. Tried, Dave hasn't it. gone on YouTube yet. <laughs> it's pretty. Neat. What is that? What is that, Dave? <laughs> you know when you type Y O U in your computer and you porn comes on? <laughs> yeah, that's based on another website. Um, so Corey, you first things first. You have um, you have a special out on Amazon called Long Line of Stupid. Um, which is part of the well-read... You're part of well-read comedy, um, which is very popular, and your special is basically like episode two out of uh, all three of your specials, and it's great. I would recommend people go check that out. You also have a podcast that is a huge compliment to us because you said it's like the dollop for stupid people, which a lot (laughs) of people would say is my role, Um, but uh, it's called Putting on Airs. Yep, putting on airs. That's uh, me and Trey Crowder from the Well Read Comedy Tour, and the log line is two hillbilly dum dums talk about fancy people and their culture. So Trey always tries to do the Venn diagram of where fancy and trash kind of meet in the middle. So like a topic for him would be weddings or fucking your cousin, you know, because it's like we both do right. it, but here's how. And then I usually do a, a little history segment, which a lot of people have said this is, you know, this is the dollop, but for stupid people. And I, I mentioned that to you, and you were like, I thought that's what our show was. And I would like yeah. to point out to you that I've, cra- <laughs> I've cracked what they mean by that. What they mean by that is we're the dollop, but with stupid sounding accents is what it is. Uh, okay, that's good. Because if you listen to the or if you read my comments, a lot of times it's like, how did you not know? God, yeah, you're an idiot. So I really I've definitely got a lot of that filtering through. But uh, but both good things to check out. So so Dave's got a weird newspaper picked out from some time. I normally like to start off guessing what year. Mm. Um I'm going to guess, and it could be from 1600 to, right. I would say, 2000-ish. Um, at some point, he's going to sneak in a recent one. And, and maybe this is the time. So I'm going to swing for the fences, and I'm going to say 19... Now that I'm saying it, 1997 sounds weird. I'll go a little earlier. I'll go 1974. Can I That's guess? I go yeah, yeah. Please. Okay. I don't know that you pick out the paper due to the guest, but if you do, I'm going to go with 1865. I bet that's a great guess. I think that's a great guess. Interesting. The, uh, sometimes I do. This time I did not, actually. Um, I went with 1908, ah, February ah. 2nd, 
The New York Times. Oh, my God. Uh, the so th- creme de la creme, if you talk to most people I see on Twitter. <laughs> yes. I mean, people love the <laughs> New York Times. Because yeah. you know what? Well, they, always it always never, right. It only betrayed you nine times into major <laughs> conflict. <laughs> It's really gone so far back and forth on the pendulum because, like, when I was like a, a little while ago, it was like, "Oh, the New York Times—that's the liberal media. That's the what." And now everybody I see getting upset at the at the New York Times is like, "No, no, no, we don't believe that. They're actually not speaking for us. They're defending J.K. Rowling. What are you talking about?" Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. It really, I, in a way, it's so popular, and yet everyone seems to despise it. It's yeah. really done quite well with that. That's it's right. sort of the Dave Anthony of papers. Go ahead, Dave. What just happened? Huh? I don't know. You broke up. I think I'm going through a tunnel. I don't feel like I did not break up, actually. I, I felt like I heard it all. I, I haven't heard a word yet, so action, Dave. We are enemies. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, big, big news, actually, on the front page. Uh, a big trial that went on. I just looked it oh, up because this guy, a guy I hadn't heard of, but now he's very dollop-worthy. Uh, Faw <laughs> Insane in Matawan. What? He is uh, found what? not guilty of murder, of murdering White, because he was crazy. These, are, This is just the headline. <laughs> That's Still, the headline? Th- this, th- so there was a period the where they would do like... The headline has crazy in it? Yes. He is found not love- guilty of murdering White because he was crazy. Because he was crazy. Ah, I That's start, actually I like so it. Inter- that's interesting because that wasn't re- like uh, not guilty by way of insanity wasn't really popularized until I think it was it was Lucky Luciano or whoever his boss was. Oh yeah, like yeah. he he got out on that, and before that, that wasn't really a thing. And so once he did it, everybody was like, "Okay, I'm crazy." So it's interesting to hear it in 1908. That's a yeah, great. We, the, that's a great first to have one, just to be like, "Your Honor, I did it because." I was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every other person in jail was like, well, I was, I was crazy. I was nuts. What are you talking Of course I was nuts. You have to be a uh, little crazy to chop three people's heads off in an afternoon. Yeah. So, like, you feel Your like Honor, everybody could get out of it. I was nuts. Right. I ate their brains. <laughs> That's what you do. You, if you eat, if you kill someone, then take eat the em. time to eat their brains just in case. Or just put, put their head on and go to see a movie. And then you're just yeah. you come back and be like, Your Honor, look. Your brother, you kicked like you kicked your brother out of the family the old-fashioned way, and you just like, put his head on. You're like, mm-hmm. uh, he w- and there's more. This is back. This is a time when they would have like the main headline and then four headlines underneath it. Four, Sent it okay. once to asylum. Jury deliberated 25 hours. No writ for release yet. Okay. So After he, okay. deliberating 25 hours. The jury, which tried Henry Kendall Thaw for second for the second time for the murder of Stanford White on Madison Square Roof Garden on the <laughs> night wow. of wow, this was a, a show yeah. murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tonight's <laughs> attendance <laughs> uh, on the night of June twenty fifth, nineteen oh six, returned to the courtroom at twelve o'clock yesterday with the verdict acquitting the prisoner of the crime on the ground that he was insane when he was shot. And he was you, insane when he when, shot. When, White, when he shot White, sorry. Okay, right, right. You said they uh, put him in an asylum after that, right? They took him straight to an asylum. Okay, I was. I didn't know how that worked. I didn't know if they were like, oh, so anyways, back home. You know what I mean? There you <laughs> like, go. Don't be a lunatic today, do you understand? <laughs> You're going to have to work. 
Yeah. It's funny too what like back in those days what constituted a lunatic for a man versus what constituted a lunatic for a woman cuz like this guy oh, yeah. had to be murdering people, cutting their brains out, but a woman could just make cornbread a little different than she did the time before. <laughs> and the guy would be like, "Clearly she's insane. Take her away from me." She's out of yeah. Put her away. Put her next to that guy that ate brains and wore his brother's head. What she what is she doing? Well, she keeps talking. And then the Boy. doctor would literally go, okay, I'm going to go finger her for a little bit. And then oh, that's, what they, yeah, that's oh what they did. That's what they did. That's what they did. That's what they did. That's why the dildo God. was invented, because the doctor didn't want to use his hands. They would masturbate them. They would try to masturbate the insanity out of them. I mean, okay. So for any male <laughs> listeners who are curious Jesus. why there is a societal chip on the shoulder of women. Oh. <laughs> Listen to what just happened. It's true. <laughs> I know. Wow. I'm the dill doctor. Uh, 50 cc's of finger. Uh, the judge ordered the prisoner to the state asylum for the criminally insane at Matawan and thought was taken there, leaving the tombs a few minutes before 4 o'clock. He was taken to Grand Central Station in, in Evelyn Nesbitt Thaw's electric... Brougham, B R O U G H A. I don't know what that is. Brougham. It's got to be a car, electric. Right. In 1908, I mean, they weren't. Yeah, they, there were they electric were... cars then. Oh wow! Uh, his wife accompanying him. Lawyers Daniel O'Reilly and Peabody followed in another vehicle. Mrs. Thaw said goodbye to her husband at the station and saw him, accompanied by two lawyers and the guard, depart for the asylum. Just before boarding the train, Thaw. Dictated this statement. I am perfectly sane now, but I am going to... <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Like, like the judge is just like, what the fuck? What? What's the matter? What? I am now totally fine and ready to get back out there and muck it up in society. But uh, when I shot white, I was cuckoo bananas. I tell you what. I tell you what. When I heard the, when I heard the verdict, it just like shook something out of me. Like it shook the crazy right out. snapped out of it like someone threw cold water in a drunk. I did what? Oh, oh my God! You're, you, I shot him. Are you kidding me? That is so out of character. I. Well, I'll tell you what. Whatever marbles I spilled, they're back in my pocket now. I can't wait to get out there. I am perfectly sane now, but I am going to Matawan on the advice of my counsel, who thought it was unwise to sue for a writ of habeas corpus at this time. So this the guy's lawyer's being like, so honest. This lawyer's like, look, we got to pretend that you are just going to go get help. Yeah. They encourage me to go pretend that I'm getting help. <laughs> was this? Does, Ca- it, does it say in there that this was this dude a man of means? Does it say? Oh, oh yeah, I'll, like, I'll get to that once okay, I finish cool. this. Yeah, hugely immune. Because that's important to me. So, to me. Yeah, yeah uh, right. counsel will proceed in the matter of my release as soon as they can get together the proofs they will present that I am at present sane. I am confident that my stay at Madaban will be for a short period of time only. Like, that is not what you say after you kill the guy. No. And, yeah, like the no. whites are like, oh, cool, awesome. Now I'm fine. Yeah, you gotta uh, keep you gotta keep doubling down on it so they totally. believe you. Like, that guy's you, pants you, just said they wanted to kill me. Like, yeah, you poop in your hand and you put it under your eyes and you go, I'm the center for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, <laughs> Keep it going. He was, At least like two he days. Was, <laughs> he was the then son the of a coal and Then the doctor fingered me and I snapped right out of it. 
He was the son of a, a, a coal baron. Uh, uh, there you go. Heir to a multi-million dollar fortune. He murdered architect Stanford White in front of hundreds of witnesses on the on the roof of the Madison Square also Garden. Also a stupid and, uh, idea, but it's he had, that is like the cockiness of the wealthy. Like yeah. he was just like yeah. I could shoot. It's like Trump. I could shoot someone in Fifth Avenue and get away with yeah. it. Yeah, it also changes. They're they're not insane. They're eccentric because they have yeah, money. Right. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. And he was yeah. he was very eccentric, and he did have mental health problems his entire life. So he, but he was also you know partying and drug addiction and all this stuff. Sure, uh, yeah, that'll make you go a little wacky. A lot of naughty, not a lot of naughty sex. That was like opium back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know if you guys have ever smoked opium, but it definitely uh, I have. get a little weird. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you ever I wouldn't want to kill anybody though. No, I def- I don't think I could get out of the chair. Uh, no, me either. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what? Pittsburgh wild over verdict. Men and women trample each other in mad efforts to get extras. Scores of men and women in this city went wild here about one o'clock today when the first news of the Thaw verdict was received. Oh, this is the a moment... continuation. Yeah, this is the next story. Yeah, the, the moment the evening newspaper extras appeared in the streets, there was a mad rush for them. Bankers, brokers, clerks, stenographers, and everybody whose work finished at noon gathered in the downtown blocks to await the news. They flocked together by the thousands Heedless wow. of a 30-mile-an-hour gale that drove a cold rain against them. Jeez, the they inst- really liked this story. No kidding. They're in the eye of a hurricane, and they're like, hold on! The instant the first bundle of extras appeared in the street, all else was forgotten. Men and women pushed and trampled over every... Uh, it looks like every each other in the mad struggle to get possession of them. Hats were knocked off. Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. This makes oh me feel God. extra terrible for only being able to sell, like, 300 tickets in Buffalo, you know, because, like, <laughs> thousands of people in gale force yeah. win just to see yeah. a verdict. And I'm like, I got yeah. jokes, guys. Come on out. And they're like, oh, we're getting wings. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hats were knocked off and crushed in the mud and slush. Women Can you imagine the guy screamed. like, there are hats. There are hats. <laughs> for the love of all that's holy. <laughs> 350 hats dead. <laughs> Women scratched and screamed. At Fifth Avenue and Smithfield Street, mounted police were called to restore order, open the way for traffic. So they wow. caught the cops because people That's saw people were trying police, to get a right? newspaper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we call them officer centaurs. <laughs> Yeah, they're part. Like they're not. They're not separate yeah. from the horse. They're part. Right. Of the horse. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 They have. They have pan flutes. That would be so much better. I agree. Especially the pooping. You'd be like, <laughs> hey, "Sir, clean up your shit." In Fourth Avenue, the financiers rushed the newsboys and literally mobbed them. Their bundles of papers were torn from them, and showers of silver coins tossed to them. Wow. In 10 minutes, all was quiet. People read the verdict at a glance, then tossed the papers into the streets. <laughs> I like the idea that you couldn't, like, so one person could just be like an orator, just be like, uh, yeah, they're not guilty. He's, he's been found out. Uh, right. But right. instead, just... everyone's like, gotta read it. Kill, kill the kids. Throw the coins at the kids. Kill them. 
That's such a great point. Just wait till the first person gets the paper and then go, seconds. what does it say? What does it say? Yeah. That's how yeah. I get my news now. Like, I'm not reading the newspaper. I wait for you to tweet <laughs> something about it. And I'm like, there you go. I, That's how I feel. I wait. I was just going to say, I wait for Dave to text me. And then I go, oh, shit. Yeah, I, we've, we've all got that Dave <laughs> in our life. Mine is Mark yeah. AG. Uh, and I don't, if a news story comes up, I'm like, I'm not reading this. I'm going to casually bring it up to Mark later. And then he'll tell me everything that was interesting. Right. Hey, did you read that one? What did th- What did you read that they said? <laughs> I know how I feel, but I mean, I just need to know. know what you think. My opinion's fully formed, but what are you? What's your gut on this one? <laughs> God, that's so weird. Just the mob aspect of it all is so bizarre. yeah. Mob to get papers. Um, threatened to mob prisoner, Greenwich, Connecticut. George Putnam, alias. W.H. Richards, a former nice. assistant gardener for William Rockefeller, was wow. tonight bound over by Justice Walmart under a $1,000 bond for robbing the Norton mansion of Miss Hannon of West A lot of Eighth names. Street. This guy was like, yeah. let's set the stage. This is like a playbill. Let's get all the characters out. And a $1,000 so, bond back then is like forty eight grand, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Jesus so Christ. he is the gardener of a Rockefeller, Rockefeller right? Or assistant gardener, second, so second string gardener. Yeah, right. Uh, and he robbed M- uh, hey, Bob a woman. Mulch. Bob Mulch that a little, and then do some tilling, <laughs> and then I'll oh, be fuck. back to check on you. What are you gonna do? Spade, <laughs> bulbs. <laughs> So he's assistant gardener, and he ro- and he an assistant gardener with an alias, and he robs a mansion. <laughs> if your sister, okay, it's weird. That's money that you uh, can't you- comprehend. By the way, like I'm not saying it doesn't. You don't have to be rich to have a gardener, but if you have an assistant gardener, mm, that yeah. is railroad money, buddy. Yeah. yeah, and then also if your gardener's like, can you make the check out to Javier Jones? Like, <laughs> Todd, why? Just no big deal, please. Putnam told Miss Hansen's maid, Minnie Goddard, and Edna Raymond that he was measuring the house for shades. Okay, so he goes into this mansion and tells the maids he's just measuring for shades. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just being shady. When he was leaving, they discovered a spading fork sticking into the door of a room. <laughs> this guy was not good. I'm no, measuring not- for shades, and then he just fucking spades. I mean, <laughs> how on brand for a gardener, too, to be like, I'm going to pick the lock with a spade. <laughs> with a spade, and leave it there, and leave and it leave there. And leave it there. And whoopsie like the wet bandits. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like a character in Clue. I think it was the assistant gardener with a spade in the shade room. <laughs> in another room, several trunks had been opened and valuables piled ready to be taken. Oh, so Putnam he was mid-robbery. In- yeah. Putnam in his flight dropped a souvenir postal card on which was his post office box in Greenwich. Okay. This is this the worst crime we've read about on this show, Dave? The dumbest. I don't know. It's certainly the dumbest. The guy was like, and what else should I do? Okay, I've left a spade in the door. They saw me in there being sketchy. You know, I'm just going to leave a little bit of identification just in case they have trouble figuring out who done this. Oh, one. God, I, ha- I have a, a souvenir postcard. I'll just <laughs> drop it right here. I'm just going to sign a picture of me. I did it. Let's see. I have all my tools for the robbery. I have my, uh, my, my spade, and I have my postcards. So I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, 
so that's where his, he, he and his family and wife and five children were living, and the card led to his arrest. In the justice court tonight, Putnam started to blame the women for his arrest. Duh. <laughs> what else could it be? <laughs> when he, he he didn't have a lawyer, so he's like, he's like, you know, it might work. I'm not saying it's gonna, but it has a good shot. Your Honor, it wasn't me. It was all women. <laughs> <laughs> they did it. Uh, so 200 men arose and threatened to mob him if he said another word against the women. Oh. <laughs> Nice. He, I think people is, were just so happy for a mob back then. Like they were just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. any excuse to mob and yeah. riot was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is locked up in Stamford tonight, as it was not thought safe to leave him in the little lockup in Darien. Wow. Man, I really hope this guy digs out of jail. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just perfectly. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this. Uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Uh, killed on the elevated. Wow. <laughs> David, uh, David Davis. Oh, that's brutal. Uh, wow. That's that's too, yeah. The parents were like, we can only afford one letter. <laughs> <laughs> we're you very save meager. so much time. We're very meager. <laughs> We'd like to buy one D, please. It's like Wheel of Fortune with a name. A D. Ding, ding. Ah, oh, oh, yes. Thank oh, thank God. God. Uh, David Davis, head of the carpet department at Wanamaker's store. And what do you want to make at- a Carpet? <laughs> and living at, four, at 946 Forest Avenue. The Bronx was ground to death last night under a 3rd Avenue elevated train at the 177th Street Station. You know, you're not reading ground to death enough in papers nowadays. Yeah, they <laughs> don't use great, great <laughs> terms like run that. over, yeah, but I like to picture someone being made into beef chunks. 
Y'all made a great point on the the Roy Wood Jr. episode that I never thought about, which was like they just gave addresses out, like they just doxed people for absolutely yeah. no reason, and especially knowing how quick these people were to assemble a mob with pitchforks, yeah, totally. and they're just giving them addresses. How bored they were and yeah, ready for total to violence at the drop yeah. of a hat. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. went through the nineteen seventies. Right. Yeah, they just were forever just like, boy, a lot of the people we talk about in the paper are getting killed, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the uh, threat is on that one, Tom? Uh, so Davis, with William Aiken, a friend, was on his way to attend the meeting of a Scotch organization in Washington Avenue. Mm. <laughs> That's a great meeting. All right, uh, all right, it's an uh, order. We're going to figure out um, what is that? <laughs> Hold on a second. We're going to do something new. Uh, uh, all right, right. Let's eat the nachos, then we'll get back to the docket and stuff we're going to talk about. Holy fuck. I'll tell you, I got the warm spits. Am I, no, no, I was warm. Well, I got the warm spits, dead. They got off at the station, and Aiken stepped into the shelter of the ticket box to light a cigar. When he turned around, he found that Davis had fallen under the wheels of the Downtown Express. Oh, God. Oh, man. Ugh, just... When the train stopped, it was found that the first card passed over the body. It was cut to pieces. <laughs> Did he make it? Yeah. Well. <laughs> the good news is you have three of him. The bad news is no, he's not going to be the same. You can sell one of the legs now. These are hard times. <laughs> yeah. Corner Corner Shanawax was sitting, at, was sitting at the window of his office across the street from the station. And he still <laughs> thought it was a gunshot. He's just, he's just, uh, this is great. There's a corner just hanging out. And he's like, well, there's something. <laughs> I don't even need to go down to the tracks for this one. Yeah. I can just do this one from the office. <laughs> I think it was a train. So that's what uh, happens when you get hit by a train. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good to know. He saw the crowd gathering and ran to the scene. According to Aiken, Davis was expecting a friend on the downtown train, and his theory is that he walked across the platform and stuck his head out to see whether the train was coming. Oh. And he was struck, I mean, struck in the head and thrown to the track. Come on. I mean, come on. That's not how this is supposed to work. That's, it's not. So he asked for it. I mean, really. Well, he, I mean, okay. he looked the wrong way. He looked the wrong way, and the train came. That's what I think they're saying. <laughs> That's my favorite. I know that when I'm in an intersection and I need to know if someone's coming this way, I pull my car all the way out into the intersection. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And go, yeah. oh, no. Like a bus driver over railroad tracks where you're just like, by the way, that was always a weird policy. I never understood. If you were a school bus driver, you're like, we need to stop at the dangerous part and I'll open the door to change. It's like, yeah. you just go? I think it's about the same amount of time you just go, to be honest with you. That uh, uh, we had that happen uh, like two or three days ago, and it, like somebody from my hometown besides me went viral for once, and because uh, so, some dude got his transfer truck stuck on the on the railroad, and he had enough time to get out, and then they were all just standing there waiting on the train to come, and uh, oh pow. my god, yeah, wow, oh my god. Now, when you where you live, are people like? Do you go to the store, and are people like, holy shit, it's Corey? Well, where, like in my actual hometown, like it's so small that everybody does. They know they knew who I was, anyways. And uh, yeah. most of the time, people are like, "Oh God, there's Corey." Yeah, right. You know, yeah, that's yeah. usually right. it. 
Yeah. No, you're co- you're a comedian then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, there's no ticket I, I tape mean, parade or ticker tape. No, parade. right. I I will say this death is. I I don't I don't want to do a top five, but I, the idea of being like. This train's taking forever as the train is about to fucking watermelon your head. Good Lord. It's five minutes. I'm dead. Is this gun loaded? What are we yeah, yeah. Let me check it. Is there any fuel in this vehicle? Hand me that lighter. Here's the best part. Uh, Walter Edmonds of 4247 Park Avenue, sure. motorman of the train, was arrested. Oh, my God. We've got a train slaughter. And in case any of the family members want to go to his house and beat him to death. The train is not going to be held on anything because it pled insanity. (laughs) That's sad. There's there's nothing the the motorman could do, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like. Of course not. It's a moment where Dave expresses sadness that it's sort of like, I I want to. That is insane. Like a train, you like, even now, then trains are like apparently better now, I guess. Like if there's something like it takes trains uh, so long to stop. You can't just see a guy's head. Like if you see a guy's head and you're driving the train, you're like, that guy's about to be dead. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think, though, if a train in East Palestine was headed towards you, it seems like on some portions of the track you would have plenty of time to get out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. I got to say, though, uh, what's one thing we learned after the East Palestine crash was that That the government uh, always takes care of people no matter how the public votes. That and that uh, we actually don't have better technology. The train has the same braking and all that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next headline: Janitor a suicide. Wow, janitor. That's the muse. That that's a janitor, musical, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Janitor a suicide, premiering off Broadway. Despondent because he had lost his job through complaints from the uh, tenants. I'm, by the way, so, glad I got janitor. the jokes in. Glad I got the jokes in early. Yeah, Getting yeah. Real sad right away. Uh, but can I ask you this, Dave? Who's going to clean up the body? I'm going to leave. I'm gonna, come on, hey. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Uh, Tenants of the Edgemere Apartment House on 5 West 104th Street. We don't need to know where everything is. I think we do. I think we do. (laughs) You know, the one with the red awning. No, no, no. Further down. That's it. William Weber, the janitor of the house, went to the storeroom in the basement yesterday morning and shot himself dead. While the wife of Weber was weeping over the body, a dozen women went to the basement to complain that there was not enough heat in their apartments. Oh, my God. Some of them did not even cease their expressions of dissatisfaction after they learned that the janitor was dead. Oh, my God. My husband is dead. I'm still cold, though. (laughs) May I have some of his clothes? I can't feel my toes. That was like Shakespeare-level alliteration, though. The wife of Weber was weeping. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The wife of Weber was weeping. (laughs) Wildly. According to the dead man's wife, Weber felt deeply aggrieved because of the complaints of the tenants. He had tried his best, she said, to Unreal. supply plenty of steam, but without success. So, so they come down, and she's like, what, what made him take his own life was the fact that you're always complaining. Well, someone needs to get the heat going, and if it's not him, it better be you. 
But this is what did him in. You know what? I don't like the tone of your voice. And my door's still squeaking. Someone get up there. We're freezing cold. Oh, I tell you what. I could just, I don't even need a deep freezer. I've got my apartment. And it's his fault. Wake him up. Even if he is dead. I say we start a mob, see? I agree. A mob's exactly what this town needs. (laughs) Blown from the car by wind. This is the same paper. I was just gonna. It's just like just. Are you sure you're not reading wild obituaries? (laughs) (laughs) Blown from the car with wind. A nine-pound man was thrown his vehicle due to a breeze. Benjamin Horowitz, 25 years old, motorman on the Sea Beach line of the BRT, was blown from his car early yesterday morning by the wind and flung heavily to the ground, sustaining internal injuries. It's wild to think of a dude named Benjamin Horowitz was ever 25, but rest in peace, my <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was standing on the open rear platform of the car, which was near the meadows, about a half mile from Coney Island, when a particularly strong gust of wind picked him up and whirled him beyond the track. I'll say. I'll say. All right. I got to be honest. I'm not trying to, because we've had a couple of of people killing themselves. I really think this guy tried and just picked the wrong spot. People are like, are you okay? And he's like, "A, a gust, a gust. A gust, a gust, a big gust took me. A big gust. What's this note in your pocket that says to your wife saying that she's ex- all your debts should be wiped away because of this bold action? It, the, wi- the, the wind, the wind wrote a letter too. So the wind, the gust of wind, took me off the back and threw me to the ground. Now my organs hurt. And then the wind also wrote this letter that might appear to be the note of one who was planning on taking his own life, which I. Clearly wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> let's 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 get let's go back to normal right now. I used to be either a janitor. That, either yeah. that or he weighs he weighs forty pounds, and they're like, "You gotta put on weight, Benjamin." <laughs> I this is me. Yeah, you know what? They fired me as a jockey. I know what I can do. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is total bullshit. I am sick of fighting the wind. We're people too. That's a beautiful jockey impersonation. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Just watching a man fly through the sky. <laughs> Holy fuck, what's going on there? Look at that tiny little man. He's going Bronx, to the sun. Bronx sewage fight again. Again? Well, it seems it keeps happening. I can't believe there's a sequel. Uh, this is in White Plains. Application was made here today to Supreme Court Justice Arthur Tompkins by counsel for the town of Scarsdale for an injunction restraining the village of White Plains from operating its sewage disposal works. Oh, wow. So Scarsdale is trying. Scarsdale is like, you guys stop with your shit. (laughs) I got the shit. We finally passed the hold it in bill. You said this is Supreme Court Justice Arthur Scarsdale. Uh, Arthur Tompkins. Arthur Tompkins. I, uh, Scarsdale is the town. Okay, I have no way of knowing this, but I'm going to guess that the, the Supreme Court justice in 1908, probably a asshole. Yeah, and probably from White Plains. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's, he's being th- lobbied by Big Doodoo. I get it. <laughs> I think he's. I think Big Poo's paying him off. Th Dykeman, representing the village, objected on the ground that such a restraint would do great injury to two thousand homes. So sure. Justice Tompkins ordered the matter. Uh, adjourn the matter for two weeks. In the meantime, the village authorities will try to improve the plant so that the town will have no cause for complaint. It seems that some of the sewage gets into the Bronx River. Okay, so there you go. They're just putting shit in the river and downstream the town's like, fucking, what are you doing? How's how's everyone's, how was your shower? I'm dirtier. There's shit everywhere. You're shitting on our town. All right, and we're looking for, what is the problem? I guess is what we're looking for is... What's the issue here? You ever heard are of a real Bronx to, cheer? Are we supposed to keep our shit? Is that what you're expecting? We keep our shit? Sure. Look, whatever. I, what, you got one? Uh, so this is a time when people were clamoring for fresh water. Right. I, yeah, I feel like everybody in the past was drinking some form of diarrhea. Like the filtration systems weren't that great. But it had yeah. to be pretty thick for them to notice it is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like they were like, this is a Willy Wonka river, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Fix this. It's uh, it's not much different now The here in California. I mean, it's everywhere. But the, anytime there's a really big storm, all of the uh, – because I surf, so you got to wait like two weeks because all the, the oh. sewage plants overflowed. There is we a, there's kids. a part. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. I remember when we were kids, and like you would you would turn on the faucet, and it would just be like red mud sometimes, and then no one was ever alarmed. They were just like, you just gotta let it be red let mud it, for a while, and it. then now it's clean. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, right on. All the good stuff past the red mud. Your your sink is shitting too for a minute, and then it's done, and then the pure stuff comes out. <laughs> Don't worry, just give it a second; it's fine. Don't worry, just just wait, let it pass. <laughs> that's that's how the song one two three wait came to fruition. Uh oh, sorry, I already read that. Okay, buddy. Dog did you, did you think another suicide had happened, but turned out you were just me reading? <laughs> yeah, Dave, yeah, yeah, Dave's like, probably going to skip this one. That's eight. There's a lot of people getting their heads cut off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dog distinguishes phones. This is a letter. This is a letter to the editor. <laughs> oh, God. This guy's like, I'm going to. They. For the fifth week in a row, I'm going to see if they'll cover this story about the dog and the phone. <laughs> May I offer another bit of evidence on the reasoning powers of the dog through your column? So reasoning power of the dog is in parentheses because somebody clearly wrote about the reasoning powers of the dog. Right, right. I live in an apartment with a small dog who loves My address is 9 Clark Street, (laughs) apartment 6. There are two telephones. One phone is my private wire. The other from the house office usually announces a guest. Loaded. When the yeah. When the office phone rings, the dog barks, runs to the door, and lies down, wagging his tail, waiting for the guest to come up on this elevator. But he pays no attention to the private phone and has never been confused between the two since he was four months old. As no one has taught him this trick, it would seem as if he must have reasoned his way to the conclusion. GF. New York City. I'm sure everybody reading that was relating super hard to it. Oh yeah, (laughs) you guys, you guys know how you when your one phone rings, your dog doesn't know what it is, and then the other one, you're like, "Ah, you know when the elevator phone rings, 
and then your regular line goes. <laughs> that sounds like a Kevin Hart bit from the 1908. <laughs> Uh, you know when you fire one servant and it pisses six others <laughs> off, Andrew Cooks? <laughs> you know well, how you story... have your oil for your car and then you have your bubbly drinking oil? <laughs> <laughs> the most unrelatable shit. You know how you have your bank gold and then the one you cook your steak in? <laughs> You know what I mean? Do you ever get those confused that you actually end up eating coins? So this guy is amazed that dogs aren't idiots, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I don't know how to do it. He's also probably like, how do I exploit this for more money? Right. I really want people to know I have two phones. I really yeah. want people to know. <laughs> and I've got to figure out a way to tell them where it seems organic. I know. Hey, shit people! Yeah. My dog knows the difference between my phones. <laughs> and what's great is he has his own phone, too, in a two-bedroom house that he lives in out back. You know how sometimes in 1908 some of you are forced to eat your dog because you're so hungry? Well, mine can tell phones. You know how some of you are drinking river poop? Well, I've got five phones. <laughs> and maybe if you were as smart as my dog, you wouldn't have to drink diarrhea. <laughs> my dog has cleaner water than you. Yours truly, GF. <laughs> that stands for go fuck yourself. Go fuck off. Inferior T's barred from entry. Wow. The Board of United States Tea Experts. Oh, man. Uh, you lost me. Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We yeah. miss England. Hello. It looks like your river water. Uh, it's not as good if it's your river water. <laughs> the Board of United States Tea Experts, which has been testing teas for several days to determine uh, the standards. Uh, that's not great <laughs> <laughs> for several days to determine the standards to govern imports during 1908. This is every English person's dream. Look, yes. we need someone to sit in this room for two days and pound tea for money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a murder. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap if I've ever heard one, darling. Uh, they completed their labors yesterday. George Hewlett, the chairman stated that no change had been made in the standards. Fresh teas have been provided to be used as samples at the various ports for the guidance of customs officers. There will be no change in the government's regulations covering the importations of tea. Inferior teas will be barred from entry. I mean, but uh, again, it's I don't even know how. I guess that's just like label-based, but it's still... This is rich people get what they want and yeah, everyone right. else doesn't get it. Like, there's right. people that are like, can I not have shit in my water? <laughs> Hold and on, we're like, figuring <laughs> out which tea is good. This one's <laughs> quite good, but not great. 
<laughs> like, ah. how, what is it going to take for us to revolt? Ah. It's like, it's really unbelievable. Uh, I was about to say, like, nothing about our country has changed from this yeah. paper to now. It is no, just, this is just different, different <laughs> items and different yeah. quirks, but same, just same a, shit. Yeah. Out of touch people thinking that everyone has the same issues that they do while people drink poopy water and are just like, can't yeah. you help us out? Yeah, and while yeah. people are like, uh, my dog is drinking tea. <laughs> and that's now, another thing, twice too. if you like it. Like, well, you hear people all the time talking about how smart their dog is and stuff. I thought in 1908, like, you had a dog so it would hunt or guard your gold or whatever. Yeah. I didn't know that they were all pet people. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 Oh, and here, the next story is a dog story. Uh to retire Colonel Deems, army officer who loved his dog must go. Fleas go too. <laughs> Are we going to invade the dog's back? <laughs> Colonel Clarence Deems, commanding the artillery district of Baltimore, stationed at Fort Howard, will be retired after all. When he left Governor's Island the other day, after a grueling examination by the Army Retiring Board, it was understood he had escaped. Okay. Uh-huh. So that, uh, I believe, Governor's Island is like a mental health sort of place oh, okay. at this point. Uh, nearly everybody considered the hearing a farce, as the most serious testimony brought out against Colonel Deems was his love for Riley, his fox terrier. And his weakness to tell a joke more than once. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're kicking this guy out of the army for being a dad. (laughs) He's a hack. (laughs) Yes, you've told us that one, Dean. Get the fuck out of here with your dog. Well, but do you know how they found out if there were bees in the bush? Let me tell you, the farmer took his pants. You've told us this one before. (laughs) He took his pants down. And then he said, my wife certainly doesn't make honey like that. Sir, where are you? We've heard the joke before. That Did was, I ever tell you the one? That was a God-tier fake joke. Thank you for that. That was wonderful. Uh, it was announced at the War Department today that Colonel Deems had been recommended for retirement for disability. The papers in the case have reached the office of the Surgeon General and will go to the Secretary of War and President. The The attention of the War Department officials was attracted to Colonel Deems when he brought charges involving conduct unbecoming an officer and gentleman against Captain Arthur Chase, commanding the 103rd. Uh, Chase was found guilty. Reference to affairs at Fort Howard were brought out in Captain Chase's trial at Governor's Island that resulted in inspectors being sent to conduct an investigation. So Deems brings charges against this guy. That guy's right. felt guilty, but they also learned stuff during the trial to yeah. have a boomerang So he back was at the Deems. trial like, I, don't, I, I think you could figure it out without this part. <laughs> the would, you like to pet this my, part. would you like to pet my dog? Hey, you want to see a one-eared elephant? We've heard this joke before. <laughs> By the way, the War Department sounds like if you asked a five-year-old, what is the place called where they talk about war? And you the war secretary who writes down what the wars are? They reported that conditions at the post, particularly in connections with the commandant's office of administration, were in unsatisfactory condition. 
Okay. So this is blowback. Like, you brought charges against the guy, and now his friends in the military are like, well, yeah. go look at his shit. Yeah. By unsatisfactory condition was meant chiefly that the colonel had a dog which was over affectionate with friends and foes alike. That Honor, dog was named. The only thing my dog was. I was standing there and my friends watched Riley lick his testicles. And when he said, <laughs> I wish I could do that, I said, maybe you should pet him first. We've heard this before, Dean. Is that a crime? <laughs> Is that a crime? <laughs> The dog was named Riley, and he was all that Deems loved. Deems is a bachelor. Deems is a bachelor. Oh, yeah, we know what happened here. Right? This, this, is is... Very, this is very me and Jose. Oh, this is also, I think, wink, wink, this guy might be gay, no? Oh, 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 oh. I think when they put so-and-so as a bachelor in the paper, they're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. Well, back then, dude, if you, I mean, like, if you weren't, if you were a dude and you weren't married, that's the yeah. only thing that they thought, you know? Right. Like, like it's just like, why? Well, you I don't at least understand. were in a fake marriage or something. Yeah, right. You're just, you're yeah. going to wash your own clothes in a tub? What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's right. definitely, it's definitely, if they're saying an older oh. guy only has a dog and is not married, they're saying you're, a, if not Riley gay, you're Riley was the only one or, he really loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Riley refused to confine his affection to Deems. He lavished it on everybody that happened to notice him, and he scattered his kisses and fleas indiscriminately. Whether it was the dog or the fleas is one of the things the War Department is keeping secret. (laughs) What What a conspiracy. Yeah, what? (laughs) I think, just reading between the lines, that this guy went on trial for some actual bullshit and then was like, he's gay. Right. Right, right. Okay. And they found another way to get rid of him, but the paper's like saying, is this really a reason to get rid of a guy? Right. Well, at least he spread his fleas. Yes. <laughs> at least his dog All was that filthy. matters. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Queen has dinner served at opera. I don't think a gay oh, man would a- have a dirty dog, though, in my opinion. Well, it might be river. <laughs> might be river baths. Right, right. So the queen's at the opera. <laughs> queen has dinner served at opera. Solves the problem Could of hearing. I have a bit more gravy for the hen. <laughs> M- miss, they're in the middle of they're in the middle of the finale. Who are these Solves Italians? The... Why? Why? I don't understand the language. Which one is it? Solves the problem of hearing all of Siegfried without going hungry. Oh God! This is how we get Alamo Draft House. <laughs> Having her dinner brought from Buckingham Palace and served in the rear of the royal box during the interval between the first and second acts of the opera on Thursday night, the Queen has set a fashion that society believes will not only become popular for the charm of the idea, but will also solve the practical problem of ministering to the appetite of early performances without missing parts of the opera. Again, I mean, I mean, again. (laughs) <laughs> Could you have a bigger rich person problem? No. <laughs> you know, the problem with the opera is when I leave, I'm famished. Yeah, well, then you're not ready to go out, asshole. <laughs> is this George's oh. mom? Is that who this is? King George's mom? Would that be who that is in 1908? Oh, my God. 1908. Wouldn't that be? You know what? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Well, Ed, or Edward, you know, because Edward abdicated, but that was in. Because in my stupid brain, I was just like, yeah, Elizabeth, she was there, you know, like. But she. Yeah, right. I get. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess no, right. In my brain, I was it's like, she could be. She's so old, but yeah, yeah no, right. she's not 110. Or what year did I say this was? This is uh, uh, 1908. Yeah, right. Sorry for the derailment. Uh, no, that's fine. I know. I'm obsessed I know, absolutely. with the Royals, so I should know. Uh, oh, he uh, uh, looks like King uh, Edward the Seventh is right now. The okay, king. so so his so wife it's his, was. It's like, his lady. I'm so hungry. Uh, like, Victoria, we'll bring in, eat some Victoria. quail, Victoria. No, it's not Victoria. Uh, it's it's Alexand it's. It's Alexandra of Denmark. That's there who his go. wife is. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, so, uh, owing to the increasing demand for the rendition of operas without cuts, the eating problem has recently become very acute at the long <laughs> oh, performances. Stop it. Stop it's a it. problem. <laughs> stop it. Must they hold the notes so long? <laughs> Good gosh. The situation becomes especially annoying when the performance begin as early as 6.30, as is the case with Siegfried. Eat before you fucking <laughs> go. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Holy shit. During the general scamper to neighboring refreshment bars and sandwich depots between the first and second... Let me get a bunch second... of oysters! <laughs> <laughs> to go! All right. Between the first and second acts, four attendants carefully carried into the rear of, of the royal box a small table already set and containing the queen's favorite dishes. The food had been prepared at the palace and kept warm by means of patent heat-retaining devices. Oh, yeah. Okay. What, they, yeah, they're called lids. <laughs> a, a lid and a tiny candle underneath yeah. it. Yeah, and they're like, it's called a heat retaining device. You mean that serving tray and a candle? <laughs> the Queen Alexandra, with one or two friends, was able to turn from the stage to dinner, which they had time to enjoy heartily before the beginning of the next act. When the curtain descended, the attendants disappeared with the table, with the dinner table, as silently as they appeared. Shh, quiet, shut up. Fuck the next article better you. be Queen Farts. Queen Farts. Did you know oh this is exactly God. how they serve Al Michaels at halftime of Thursday Night Football? And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They, <laughs> as soon as it, I swear to God, I heard Kirk Herbstreit talking about it. He said as soon as halftime hits, they literally bring in a table, uncover it, and it's already got the steak and all they, the whatever. They, they NASCAR his meal in front of him. <laughs> yeah, vroom, yeah. Vroom, vroom. Yeah. Eat, Al. <laughs> oh, it's but I mean it is. It definitely harkens to like how now the combination of entertainment and food, like yep. the idea that that used to be those used to be separated activities. You know, instead now it's like how like it's going to be a matter of time until like you can bring a flashlight into the movie theater so you can <laughs> eat milk duds, watch a movie, and get your dick sucked like in the same <laughs> viewing. Where that's it's like, not, oh, that's yeah. not, theaters, yeah. That's yeah. not what a flashlight is. Yeah, it's a it just sucks your dick. It's a different person. No, it's uh, it's yeah. not a different person. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know, baby. That ain't my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I, I'll see you in court, pal. I ain't sucking my own dick. <laughs> Next, a patented dick sucking technology. Yeah, I got blown earlier by what <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> And you'll go to the movie and they'll be like, toilet or non? 
Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet. Miss Bronson sprains ankle. Oh my God! Wow. Mother what a, mother-in-law what a... of Ambassador Grisham meets an accident at Rome. Uh, Miss Frederick Bronson, the mother of Miss Lloyd Grisham, wife of the American ambassador, has just met with a most unfortunate accident, which will lay her up indefinitely. Oh my God. She was out at Prince. Oh, I can't say that. This is. Name. I mean, Ode, is, is, what did you say? Shall this is called the Unrelatable Times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was out at Prince Odishalchi's historic castle at the Who hasn't sprained their ankle there? Those stairs demand it. At the Bresciano for the meaning of the buck hunt, when, in trying to step over some logs, she fell and sprained her ankle badly. How, she if you're even... like a servant at this oh. event, how great is this if you're a servant where you're like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go down, you witch. Down. Yeah. Did you, did you put the logs. the logs where I told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I stacked them real high. I made, <laughs> okay, a, this I next, made a wood hurdle. <laughs> this next sentence is fantastic. She cannot even visit her daughter, although they live in the same palace. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, oh my there, are God. Guys, there are guys reading this paper that work on the docks with a sprained ankle every day and hook hands. They're just yeah. like, oh, she <laughs> can't right. see their daughter. What a shame. Yeah. Mine was sold. <laughs> we had to sell her. <laughs> oh, look at this. We bought, we bought a young girl to be your foot for three weeks. <laughs> my dog can tell she's not my real daughter. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, while oh. you might find this unrelatable, keep in mind their house is the size of your neighborhood. <laughs> wow. Fucking rich people. Oh, just the, the gall. The gall. The gall. Oh, here's a here's. Do you want to hear the list of this week's free lectures? There's four. Sure, sure. Uh, like TED Talks back then. Yeah. Yeah, this, these are on Sunday. This is, uh, this is exciting. I don't want to set it up too much. Toothpicks, <laughs> yeah. a, a reason to not. <laughs> uh, the first. The first one is Confucianism. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Lecture. Yeah. Lecture. There's no way that- uh, in course on religions in the East. Uh, the next one is Belgium. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is university service. A short sermon. Sure. And then the last one is uh, race war. Oh, God. So that... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of crossover so like... with Belgium there, I'd have to... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> a lot of crossover. <laughs> yeah, that guy's like, I'm also doing Belgium. So. <laughs> Which brings me to my next point. Belgium will go naturally into race war. It's very... Who's the headliner? We got race war. This is like this is before. This is just when people started going. I think Germany's up to some shit right now. Oh, leave them be. They're tiny. <laughs> no way they'll take on the world. Don't worry about that. Twice. <laughs> Okay, so this last one, this is the, we'll read this one last, and this is actually the story that uh, is near the end of the paper. I don't know why it's near the end of the paper. It should be on the front page, but someone uh, posted this. Us, Dave. Someone posted this on Twitter, and people sent it to me. We're like, you really have to do this as a pastime. So I went and found this specific paper to so read wait, this story. So wait, you got this paper based on this? Yeah. <laughs> this 
paper's been nuts. I can't believe it. This like, is this may be the greatest news story of all time. <laughs> and it goes with the theme of dogs that we've already had. Oh wow. <laughs> and the headline is Dog, a fake hero. <laughs> Some dog stealing valor. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this story is out of Paris. Patty. Oh, wow. Apropos of the decision of M. Lepine to employ dog auxiliaries for the patrol of lonely beats in the outskirts of Paris. A good story is now going the rounds concerning the splint, a splendid Newfoundland which was a candidate at one of the recent field trials. The dog is the property of a man who lives on the banks of the scene just outside Paris. Some time ago, a child playing on the river bank fell into the water. It was in imminent danger of being drowned. Sure. The dog, hearing the cries and the splashing, leapt over a hedge, ran down the bank, and plunged into the stream just in time to rescue the little victim. Wow. It's nice. And, yeah. and wh- where's the fake Naturally, <laughs> naturally, naturally, the brave animal was made much of, and the father of the child, by way of a recompense, presented him a succulent beefsteak. Yeah, the dog understands what's happening. He's like, you won this for saving my son. He now That's spends right, his time dog- differentiating phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two but days the later, another was actually a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later, another child fell into the water and was rescued by the dog. The lifesaver received the same caresses and another beefsteak. Okay. Up well, to this point, there was nothing extraordinary, but rescues became more and more frequent. No, Hardly this a day. Fucking dog. What is the dog pushing him into the water? The dog shoving him. Yeah. The dog. The dog realizes that if it fucking takes a kid out of the river, it gets beef. Positive reinforcement, man. It's oh real. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh Rescues my God. became more and more frequent. Hardly a Jesus. day passed that Six some unfortunate kids in the river today? <laughs> the dog's just sitting over near a tree, just stomach up. Oh. Shining his medals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly a day passed that some unfortunate infant was brought safely to the bank by the dog after an involuntary bath. Oh, it began to my. be suspected uh-huh. that the neighborhood was haunted by a mysterious criminal and a special watch was inaugurated. Yeah, for sure. That's what's up. Yeah, the French detectives were like, well, the only solution here is obviously we have a mad pusher. <laughs> it is a ghost. We are looking at Jacques de Chauve. Uh, when the truth came out, it was the dog, the noble uh, lifesaver himself, that was the guilty one. Whenever he saw a child playing on the edge of the stream, he promptly knocked it into the water and then nonetheless jumped into the rescue. He oh thus had God. established himself for a profitable source of revenue. This, this is arguably the smartest dog ever. we've at least oh. talked about. Maybe ever. Yeah. In that, oh my God. think of how shitty the dude who finally got his article for My Dog Can Hear Phones feels. <laughs> that he, he gets that shit in the paper and then he reads five pages down and goes, What the fuck? 
Oh my god, he's like, and the fact that, and, oh my god, that's so fucking true. He was like, finally, they published it. Did you see the end? I guess there's a beefsteak French dog who's been drowning kids and rescuing them. What? God damn son of a bitch. Newfoundlands are are known to be extremely intelligent, but also like stubborn and strong willed, which often goes with intelligence with dogs. But um, yeah, they're supposed to be very, very smart. So this one was like, oh, I see. Right away, he was like, oh, this is yeah, this is what we're going to do. If I take a kid out of the river, I get beef. So. <laughs> Make your own luck, buddy. I'm tired of waiting around for these kids to fall in the river. Yeah, like just like when there's like two starving cartoon characters on a desert island and one of them turns into a ham. Every time <laughs> yeah. he saw a kid, it was just a beef stick. He's like, Let's party, huh? Soiree party of Newfoundland, eh? This would be Banging a wonderful a sequel to Air Bud with this would be fantastic. I would uh, Air Beef. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, what a so great good. one. Uh, Corey, great times. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thank you all yeah. for having me. I had a blast. Well, this was fucking hilarious. And uh, yeah. people should go te- check out your special Long Line of Stupid on Amazon and uh, putting on airs. Um, that uh, we're, we're just where podcasts are found. Wherever obviously. podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, uh, and also I do bonus stuff at parttimefunnyman dot com. You could subscribe over there, and I do silly things. All right, great. Well, dude, a pleasure to say the least. Thank you so much, and uh, what a what a wild ride! <laughs> oh my god, thank you. All right, so thanks, much. man. Some of these days, you'll miss me, honey.